Starship, the tallest, most versatile rocket system ever built, may finally be launching into orbit. NASA officials announced that the dream that SpaceX founder and recent controversial figure Elon Musk presented all the way back in 2012 may finally be ready to fly. It is hard to believe that it has already been a decade since the world stood in shock at the idea of a fully reusable superlift vehicle, capable of taking people and equipment to other worlds. Some cheered, others laughed at the hubris. But that dream may finally come to life, as long as SpaceX passes a few key tests. Today, I'll explain what those tests are, as well as the other key takeaways from today in the space world. Welcome to the Undiscovered Country. Hello and welcome to the Undiscovered Country. I'm your host, Bryant A.M. Baker. Today, in this episode, I'll be counting down the top five most important things happening in the world of space. Thanks for joining me. Let's count them down. Number five. Blue Origin finally delivered a set of BE-4 engines for the maiden launch of the United Launch Alliance's new Vulcan Centaur booster, set to launch next year. The engines were delivered to ULA's manufacturing facility in Decatur, Alabama, after, fi after final acceptance testing was performed. The BE-4 is an oxygen-rich, liquefied, methane-fueled, staged combustion rocket engine deployed or manufactured by Blue, Blue Origin. ULA had selected the BE-4 for their Vulcan Centaur booster as far back as September of 2018. At the time, they had planned to begin testing and launching as soon as 2019, but delays in the development of the BE-4 not only caused delays across the chain, but it brought a good deal of criticism towards Blue Origin, whom many see as a potential competitor for SpaceX, both with Space Launch as well as eventually with their Kuiper Mega Constellation. Tony Bruno, the ULA president and CEO, is quoted as saying, We're very pleased to receive the first two engines for Vulcan's inaugural flight. Development of this new engine is complete, and the performance of the engine is outstanding. It has been a great team effort working together with our partners at Blue Origin, and we can't wait to see Vulcan fly. Each Blue Origin's liquid oxygen methane B4 engine provides 550,000 pounds of thrust. I personally look forward to seeing this project finally get off the ground, and I hope that this will mean the development of some strong competition for SpaceX in the launch field. Because as happy as I am at what SpaceX is accomplishing, I think that healthy competition will always be beneficial to the entire industry. But what do you think? Let me know. Number four. Today we witnessed another hit to the space market in an ongoing indication 
that the industry may be losing some of the steam it has been enjoying over the last few years. Australia's Electro-Optic Systems, or EOS, holdings announced that barring last-minute offers from potential buyers or investors, Spacelink, a startup developing a space relay constellation, will be winding down its operations for good. They revealed plans in September to focus on its core defense and space business and seek outside investment to support Spacelink. But in the current economic environment, with rising interest rates and declines in many space stocks, Spacelink has been unable to attract new investors. Spacelink was established in 2020 to develop a constellation of communication satellites in medium Earth orbit to relay data between the ground and low Earth orbit. While future demand is likely strong for this type of constellation, setting it up requires a great deal of upfront investment. In all, it's estimated that about $250 million would be required to complete the Spacelink constellation. If that investment were made, however, Spacelink expects to generate revenues of $150 million a year. In addition to growing commercial demand, government agencies are likely to become major customers for commercial data relay services. NASA, for example, plans to rely on commercial services instead of replacing its tracking and data relay satellite constellation. In fact, Spacelink won a $190,000 NASA contract for a data relay study previously. The company has also worked with Parsons and the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency and the U.S. Army to begin preparing to relay military data. For now, however, without an unexpected big-time investment, it looks like Spacelink will be missing out on the opportunity to service anyone in the future. Number 3 China has added a third module to their Tiangong space station. A Long March 5B rocket lifted off from the Wingcheng Satellite Launch Center at 3.37 a.m. Eastern on October 31st, this last Monday. The Mengchan module connected with a forward port on Tiangong's docking hub just under 13 hours after launch at 4.27 p.m. Eastern. Mengchan, which means dreaming of the heavens, is a 17.9 meter long 4.2 meter diameter and roughly 22 ton module designed to host a range of scientific experiments. Mengchen also has a payload airlock which will allow a small robotic arm to grasp science experiments and install them on payload adapters on the outside of the module. Monday's launch was the ninth of 11 missions mapped out for the construction and testing of Tiangong. The launch of a cargo spacecraft and separate crew launch will complete this phase before the end of the year. China plans to keep Tiangong occupied for at least 10 years, conducting science experiments, including international experiments, through an initiative with the UN Office of Outer Space Affairs. It could also host foreign astronauts in the future. 
China will also add further capabilities to the Tiangong space station in the future. For example, the Shunqian optical module, a co-orbiting Hubble-class space survey telescope, is planned for launch in late 2023 or 2024. The space station itself could also be expanded from three to six modules, according to Chinese space officials. Such an expansion may depend upon other countries joining the project, and while still quaint when compared to the colossal International Space Station, this is a major step forward for the Chinese Space Agency. Number 2 The world's most powerful operational rocket, SpaceX's Falcon Heavy, took to the Florida skies for the first time in over three years on Tuesday, launching the U.S. Space Force's USSF-44 mission, a U.S. Space Force contracted flight with a classified payload and at least one rideshare satellite. On this mission, the Falcon Heavy rocket reached a new milestone on its fourth ever flight. This was both Falcon Heavy's and SpaceX's first mission direct to geostationary orbit, or GEO. Traditionally, most missions, including Falcon 9 flights, send payloads destined for GEO into a geostationary transfer orbit, or GTO. This allows the spacecraft to propel itself into its eventual final orbit in GEO more than 35,200 kilometers above the Earth, rather than the launch vehicle. This mission used three brand new boosters. The side boosters, B-1064 and B-1065, landed at landing zones 1 and 2 at the Cape Canaveral Space Force Station. As a result of the challenging launch profile, the new core, the new center core, B-1066, was not recovered after completing its mission. These landings of B-1064 and B-1065 marked SpaceX's 150th and 151st successful landings of Falcon 9 and Falcon Heavy boosters. This mission was SpaceX's 50th orbital launch this year, a record for the company, and the fourth Falcon Heavy launch ever. The Space Force payloads included a pair of space tugs, a military communications satellite, and a microsatellite called Tetra-1, built by Millennium Space Systems. There were also four payloads from Lockheed Martin and Universal Space Network. Number 1 No Starship prototype has taken flight since May 2021, and all of its little hops so far have reached a maximum altitude of just 6 miles or so. But NASA announced that SpaceX is targeting early December to launch its giant Starship rocket system into orbit for the first time. This will be a pivotal demonstration flight, as it aims to fly NASA astronauts to the moon in the next few years. The December mission will test the entire system for the first time, involving the company's 230-foot Super Heavy booster to lift the 160-foot Starship spacecraft into orbit. 
The Super Heavy booster would return to land while the orbital Starship spacecraft would re-enter Earth's atmosphere roughly 90 minutes later. The plan is for it to splash down dozens of miles off a Hawaiian coast. That schedule is dependent on several upcoming milestones, including a static fire test of all 33 Raptor engines in the Super Heavy booster, designated Booster 7. SpaceX has yet to fire all 33 Raptor engines simultaneously having done tests of up to seven engines at a time, as well as a spin-prime test, where the engine's turbopumps are turned on and propellant flowed through the engines without igniting them. The U.S. Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, which oversees commercial launch site safety, has not yet granted a license for the mission to SpaceX. The FAA cleared the way for Starship launches from Boca Chica with an environmental review in June, that re- but that review required SpaceX to implement more than 75 measures to mitigate the environmental effects of those launches. The FAA would determine whether to grant SpaceX a license only after SpaceX provides all outstanding information and the agency can fully analyze it. No word yet has been received on whether SpaceX has provided the necessary information yet. Mark Karasich, the Deputy Associate Administrator for Artemis Campaign Development at NASA, said, We track four major Starship flights, starting with the first orbital launch. That would be followed by one to test propellant transfer in space, which is needed to refuel the Starship lunar lander and then a longer-duration Starship mission, details of which have not yet been announced. The fourth mission will be the uncrewed lunar landing demonstration mission, which is currently scheduled for late 2024. Whether or not SpaceX and NASA meet this schedule will all depend on how these next tests go. I'd love to hear your thoughts on whether you see this schedule holding up or whether this is just a pipe dream which hopefully has a good step. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Undiscovered Country. Links to all of the stories are in the description below. The world of space law, policy, and business is changing every day. If you missed what happened yesterday, be sure to check out the video that I did covering it. I'd love to hear your thoughts and everything that we talked about here today, and I'll see you again next time.